0: Welcome to the Trainers Tribe, a podcast for group fitness business owners who want a reliable business that gives them the freedom and impact they desire. My name is Kyle Wood and I'm joined by Dale Sidebottom. We're the first people to tell you that working harder or working longer is not necessary. We've both built successful boot camps and created profitable online businesses, which has given us the lifestyles that we love. How do you build a fitness business that's both profitable and that you love working on? That's why we created this podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, it's Kyle here. And Uh, uh You might be wondering if you've been listening to this podcast for the last 10 weeks or so that it's been running, uh, How like where, where are the catches? like Where's the bit that we're going to be like, Haha, We've been giving all gotcha free, all this free stuff, and and now we want we want you to do this thing. Um, well, there is no catch. I mean, the reason we created the trainers tribe was because we're both really passionate about the industry that we work in, and we we'd love to see an industry that has more community, that trainers feel supported in, and that trainers are being successful, and you know, like so that they're not just burning out because something like ninety percent of trainers quit in the first 12 months.
1: Because it's, it's not like a normal job, is it, Kyle, where you, like, particularly for a teacher, go into a staff room and you've got other people around you. Whereas when you're running your business, particularly outdoors, if you're not at a gym or anything like that, it's you by yourself. Uh-huh. You've got no mentors particularly, and you're just stuck out there by yourself. And it is hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, one of the ways we're doing that is through this podcast. But another way, which we are starting in November, is... ...through face-to-face training as well. So you can come and train with us and we'll, we'll dive into this stuff in more depth. Uh, so, Dale, do you want to tell us a bit about yeah, so the first event? Yeah, so the first
1: event's in Melbourne and obviously um, we, we wanted to study Melbourne... ...because that's where Kyle and myself are both from. But it's going to be a full-day event. where are starting at 8.30 till 3.00 um, on Sunday the 6th of November. And basically what this day is going to be, it's we're going to give you skills, resources and ideas on how to plan and run really engaging sessions. You know, formulas that Kyle has learned from running bootcamp ideas online for six years as well as a really successful bootcamp, right? Also ways that I've learned to run engaging lessons from my eight years as a PE teacher and all the training I did through my teaching and then also in the bootcamp. So together I think we've found like a really winning formula with amazing resources on particularly ways to engage clients. So we're going to go step-by-step step through different activities. There'll probably be 30 different activities that we'll go through on the day. You'll get everything we do doing a resource. There's brand new games. We've even made up a board game fitness for um, everybody that comes. So it's just going to be a really engaging day. And also, it's going to give you the chance to network and build up those mm. groups that you just haven't that had.
0: support and that. You yeah.
1: know, and mm-hmm. not only that Kyle and myself are here for you, but it's also your fellow trainers that you will meet on the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, guys. So uh, if you want to find out more about that, uh, you can click the link that's in the show notes right now if you're looking at that. Or you can head to uh, the Trainers Tribe. And at the top, you'll see um, in the menu, you'll see a button saying Workshops. And you can put in your interest uh, we're just seeing who wants to come right now, so, so we'd love for you to put your hand up and say that you'd be interested in coming. Cool.
1: Money, 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 money. righty, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> Kyle just uh, gave me a little challenge there to uh, test my lovely vocals out. As you can tell, we are talking about money today, episode number 14, and we're wrapped to be back here. Kyle, how are you today? How's your week been?
0: Good. I did not challenge you to do that. You just, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I'm going to (laughs) sing.
1: Hence, you can tell why I'm a PE teacher and a personal trainer because my singing is shocking. Sorry if that uh, hurt your ears, guys. If I get some bad feedback, I probably won't do it again anyway. So as I said today, we're going to get into the topic of money and this can always be a tricky one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think we've got a few little... Tricks that we've learned along the way and some obviously things that uh, we've failed in along the way as well. So hopefully we can uh, give you some ideas about ways to invest your money, charging for certain things, what to invest in, how to go about it, people to surround yourself with, and basically a number of different things. We've, all, we've got about five different points each that we'll talk about, and as you know, seem to uh, go off in other ways as well. So hope you're ready for this. This is going to be a uh, really... Good episode, I've got a feeling. So, Kyle, would you like to uh, get started? And if you'd like to sing, you can, but uh, <laughs> maybe we'll just leave that to me for a lovely voice. But, Money, mate, what have you got? What would you like to start with?
0: All right, well, this is, this is actually the, the best one to start with. Okay. And it's that it's mining our P's and Q's, just that we're, we're not financial advisors, like, we're not <laughs> trained <on>. or qualified <laughs> or certified in any way. So, yeah, take what we say with a grain of salt, like this is just based on our experiences and what we've learned from um, other people who are are doing great jobs and seem to be managing their money very well.
1: Good. I like that. Well Um, said.
0: That I feel like should be at the start. I think a lot of my stuff sort of bounces off. We were talking before about what you were going to talk about. Yep. So so maybe if you want to kick us off. Yeah, no worries. Uh,
1: not a problem. I suppose one thing that I know I talked to a few different personal trainers and also people in my position that have got two different jobs. So this is sort of like a second income for me. So I've read a lot of things and it's important to take a wage. Whereas I know you did boot camp full time and PT, whereas okay. I've still been teaching the whole time. So... I see everything that I make as a bonus that I can reinvest into my business. So obviously, I I take a little bit here and there, but majority of the money that I've made over the last three years, I've reinvested it back into my equipment. So I've got the best equipment I can buy, websites. So I set up a first website, and then I changed my name, company name, because I had people working for me. And I've spent a lot of money on getting those websites really, really smart, Mm -hmm. okay? From there as well, I think it's really important to look good. So I've invested in buying the best equipment. I mean, what you wear. So my uniforms are all Nike and then I go and get them screen printed, which I think looks really professional. And then the last one, I think that I've spending a lot of money on at the moment and I think that's probably why my business has grown so much in the last year, particularly over winter. I'm spending a lot of money on my SEO Google rankings and I know I've spoke about this previously but a lot of the money I'm making now I'm investing it back in to be up the top of all the searches where I run boot camps, where I run PT and then also for some of my online products as well. So that's my point of view on this, you know that the money I'm making I am investing it back to build my brand and my business. But I suppose if you are doing this as your sole income then I don't know you you'll be able to give some light on this, but I think it's important that you do take a wage out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So point one is if you are working like full-time or part-time and running this on the side to reinvest that back into, and I guess for um, parents who are full-time parents who are doing this part-time, that maybe their partner is bringing in a full-time wage that their family is able to live off, like that could be good advice as well. Like take this, rather than treating this as extra income for your family for now, all the money that comes in from it, put it straight back into so, but what you were also saying is about taking a wage. So that's super important. And basically, what we mean by that is to pick a number that you want to earn. So that might be thirty thousand, it might be ninety thousand, might be hundred thousand. And even if you're, which most of us are in the early days, we're a sole proprietor or a sole trader. So we're just a solo business owner. Yep. To take that money, you know, like pay yourself from a separate bank account. So all your money goes into one bank account. It doesn't have to be a business account. It could just be another personal account. And then from there, pay yourself weekly a certain amount of money. So based on what it is that you, that you want to earn. And then anything that's left over stays as, as cream in the business to be reinvested in things, or it stays in the business, you know, set up a business saving account. So it's doing something. Yep. And when, you know, maybe you have a, a bad month or something like that, you've got money in there to keep paying yourself through that time. So you can stay consistent.
1: And I like that. And I think that'll lead into the next point that I'm going to talk about. And I know there are a lot of trainers out there that don't have a venue. So you run, I run all year round outside, you know, mm-hmm. in a park, which means winter and Australia has pretty good climate, but in winter in Melbourne, it gets pretty dismal, cold, wet, and dark. So I think the big thing, Kyle, there that you've got a little safety pool because I think people get really excited in summer because you've got a lot of clients, you've got a lot of money coming in. Yeah, yeah. But over those winter months, so probably six months, you know, you probably lose half your clients nearly, Mm -hmm. right, with people that just don't want to be outside in the cold, wet rain, you know, in the dark. So I think the big thing is there, it's called make hay while the sun's shining, all right, but (laughs) you need to have... A budget or you need to make sure that that's not going to happen all year round you know in winter you are not going to be making the same income that you are in summer so you need to budget for that and i think the perfect thing was there you said have that little nest egg in uh, the savings account or the business account yeah. so then you can still pay yourself that wage so you can live
0: yeah yes yeah because otherwise you find yourself having to resort to like man what you know, it's too late once you're in the winter and you're not earning the money and you're finding yourself resorting to, like, maybe s- doing some things marketing-wise or or things in your business that you would rather not be doing, whereas by giving yourself a stable income, you can keep that... You can stay in that integrity and you can stay in that authenticity of how you want to run your business. So even if you're feeling... Oh, ...by the, the topic of money, like, we're, stuff we're talking about is really basic, but getting these basic things... In place can help you run a better business that's more aligned with with the business you want to create and the the community and every all that stuff by just getting this money stuff sorted.
1: And I think you made a point there that you're not going to be putting extra stress on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that stress is a horrible thing and anxiety and things and it really shows in your performance, your energy levels, everything like that. So if you know you've got that money already there, bang, you're not you're not going to be worried about it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if come winter you can't get clients i don't care who you are if you're outdoors it's really hard to build your client base it is going to go down that's yeah. just a reality of it and that's the beauty of training outdoors you know you, you don't have the overheads either but mm-hmm. you can't have that sustainable income of clients all year round yeah so i think that leading into another question and i know on all the different facebook groups and emails the way you cold, that we get called, it people always don't know where to start with how much to charge how much to charge for their sessions, boot camps, PTs, everything like that. I think the big thing I wish I had done at the start is I undervalued my service and everything that I offered. So I started my prices extremely low and I thought this was the best way to generate new clients and people would wanna pay less. But the big thing is, is I've undercharged myself and it's really hard to start low and then to increase your prices. So. A big thing I'll do, i would do, I'd do a little bit of investing and realize what sort of your the value is and think about what your product is that you're offering and how much it should be worth. Start it high, and then if it's too high, you can always go down. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you start too low, it's really hard to ask people to in, like pay more once you've yeah. already started. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I'm still battling with now because of the way I started my business undercharging myself. Mm-hmm. I know, I know that. Yeah, other people out there have that issue as well. So start high; you can always work down.
0: Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely some fear around overcharging, or maybe the grow, initial growth will be slower, and we stress about that, and we worry about, you know, like all these what ifs, like, uh, what if if I charge as much, no one's going to come. Yeah. blah, Blah blah. And so that, and I mean that opens a whole can of worms. So my my advice with that is to notice the fear that you're having, and just sit with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. our reaction is to oh, i got to lower my prices or especially after we launch maybe we don't get much feedback and We're like first thing we do is lower our prices and that's so dangerous because that leads down a slippery slope or someone maybe we're in new boot camp in the area there's a lot of boot camps we undercut everyone to start off with also really slippery slope because what if one of your competitors then comes back and undercuts you or, what if someone else starts up and undercuts you? Are you going to undercut them again to stay in business? Or, are you, like, you're going to end up charging a dollar a session and no, nobody wins. Like, no one wins. Your clients aren't winning because you can't afford to give them a good service. The other businesses in the area aren't winning because they're also losing money and you're not winning because you're going to get burnt out. So, don't, like, look at what people are charging in your area or and then choose whether you're going to go. The same as that or truthfully, whether you're going to go above that and offer something more than what other people are offering and and go with that don't don't go for the option to go underneath and go cheaper
1: yeah I, that's great advice I, yeah, don't undersell yourself mm-hmm. i did that and i wish i didn't you can't go back once you do that and i guess Which, I, yeah actually
0: so. I, I so i'm imagining a protest right now okay that someone would say is i but i want to serve the people in the community who can't afford the existing mm-hmm. options okay that's what we hear a lot yeah Okay, and my reaction to that is that they can afford the options in the area. Like, we, we choose where to spend our money, and we don't spend anywhere near enough on our health Correct. and our fitness. Like, most people eat low-quality, crappy food just because it's cheap. Like, they treat... They treat their their grocery shopping budget as like one of their smaller budgets, <laughs> you know. But these people are walking around with an iPhone seven, so like it's just a matter of of your clients reprioritizing, and it's a matter of you making it clear in your marketing why there's still benefit for them to train with you. And also, if you do want to really help, you want to get into low low charging communities. Low end boot camps don't really serve that because, again, you're going to burn out, you're not going to make enough money to sustain it to keep going. So, start your boot camp that serves people who can afford you, and then you can use the success of that boot camp to run stuff for the people in your community who do have less money or are less able. Yeah, so look after yourself first so that then you can look after other people. If you just jump straight into like sacrificing everything your time, your energy, your money into helping everyone in the area, you're not going to last and you're not going to help them long term. So, look after yourself first, then look after everyone else.
1: Yep, good one. And another thing and I suppose this is coming back again, these are really good points for people that are starting up boot camps. You get we get a lot of questions about what equipment should I buy? How much equipment? Where should I buy it from? And I think the biggest Thing i would recommend at the start is you don't need equipment straight up to start a boot camp all mm-hmm. right you might need some i think boxing is a great option but you can get those quite cheap at you know i think in australia and aldi and kmart and places like that you can buy cheaper gloves so if you've got a really minimized budget you can go to those places you can buy your ab mats here that we spoke about um in our previous episode mm-hmm. all right and you can set up for very little charge at all and then once you start making the money that's when you invest back in the equipment mm-hmm. and i know i know self Cole. so all we've probably got i know six seven hundred body weight workouts that people can go to if they simply log on to bootcraft or the member zone you know and, and that's a really easy way they're games they're fun based where people don't need equipment but they're still getting a great workout that is different than what they could do by themselves so don't invest in the equipment straight up right because there's so many different options out there that require little equipment or none at all
0: Hmm. yeah i'd agree with that yep did you have something in there about Buy, I mean, you already mentioned before about buying quality equipment. Yeah,
1: so, and, and I suppose I've got a couple of don'ts now. If we, if we can just jump straight into that. And I suppose that goes against what I was just saying. But to start off with, <laughs> okay. go to Kmart and you can buy a couple of cheap, maybe boxing sets or whatever if you're only at low numbers. But my biggest bit of advice is don't buy cheap equipment or make your own. Uh-huh. Right? Because it's faulty, it doesn't last, and in the end you'll probably be buying a lot more of it Because it's just not... The lifetime of this crappy equipment is nowhere near as good as if invest in some proper, Mm -hmm. like, slam balls, battling ropes, kettlebells, dumbbells, you know? You can buy all those cheap, but the ones you spend a little bit more money on, they're going to last longer. Yep. And they're more professional.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. And and so a really simple way, if you feel like you can't afford that, is to, from day one, set up a, a savings bank account. Set up a bunch of these, actually, if you set up with ING direct, you can have like eight savings accounts for free. I'm pretty sure in the U S capital one 360 is the bank that you can set up a whole bunch, set them up, have one, you know, bank account. That's like equipment, one bank account. that's like workshops or courses, one account. That's just like savings, like business savings for, for big business expenses, stuff like that. And, at the start you could just have like five dollars going into each of those accounts just get in the habit of that this money is coming out into your account uh, and over time you can increase that and then when you need to buy some equipment it's like oh hey i've got i need to buy a bunch of medicine balls oh, i've got 250 bucks in the in the bank i can go spend that on medicine balls or i need to buy this thing or got this expense or my insurance is coming up my registration you know i've got the money for that so it's just little stuff like that it's really simple just really simple Automation of your finances.
1: Yeah. So again, if you set that up at the start and uh-huh. you'll never have those issues, you know, so I think a lot of planning needs to be done. If you're setting up a bootcamp, don't just rush into it. Uh-huh. I know I've got a student that I taught last year who's just finished his certificate three and four in fitness. And he are saying, I'm about to start a bootcamp. And I said, whatever you do, I wish someone had done this to me. Come and mirror me for two or three weeks and I'll show you everything I do, how I run my sessions and basically setting it up so at the start everything's running correctly like we've just said here and a lot of these tips will help people but they'll help someone setting up so much more because they won't have the issues of problems down the track because everything's working really well Mm -hmm. another sort of my next don't um, and i know this is such a big thing and people talk about it a lot but facebook ads you know and It's such a powerful thing because people check Facebook every day. Some people live on it. you know, They can't get it out of their hands. So Facebook ads is a great way to expose basically what you're offering and how people can do it. The only issue is when I started doing mine, I had no idea what Facebook ads were. And all I was doing was spending a lot of money and getting no leads. I was getting a few page likes and post likes, But at the end of the day, that's not getting me clients. It's not giving me that money back that I'm investing in myself. So I wish I had done this, but either do a course in Facebook ads or hire somebody that that's their profession, you know, that they know exactly how to work Facebook ads, how to target the audience you want, maybe even setting up lead pages so you can get email addresses so you can build your client list that way. I would not recommend just going on there and trying to do it yourself mm-hmm. because even though it's only 7 or $10 a day, you do that for a couple of weeks, you know, you've already wasted all that money that you could have been investing in equipment, uniforms, anything like that. Okay. So don't do Facebook ads unless you are a professional in this field. I don't know if you've got a feel on that. That's just a big area that I wasted a lot of money in.
0: Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would either professional to help you or, or to or get a course. Yeah. And probably not one of those free courses, you know, that you see always see <laughs> advertised on Facebook probably isn't going to be enough to like really get you there. And actually, I will we'll give a plug. I know uh, Gary Robinson, Kaizen Outdoor Fitness, he does really good stuff with trainers for their Facebook ads. And so he knows like the fitness industry as well. And there's a lot of... Because there's a lot of things I haven't used to, to advertise boot camps, but apparently um, if you mention things like weight loss or have claims in your advertising, Facebook will shut it down because they were getting a lot of people spamming crappy fitness products, which which, you know, it makes you angry, right? Because it's like, we've got a lot of great clients and, and you know, that's part of the reason you and I have like created this tribe is because we want to, you know, we want to improve the fitness industry and we want to improve the quality of the people in it and bring those people who are. Keen to do that too together,
1: correct? Yeah, exactly right. Couldn't agree more. So, I think, yeah, that's a really good advice. Yeah, find somebody that knows what they're doing. I wish I'd have done that, yeah. So, I've sort of steered clear of Facebook ads now because it, I, I've had really negative experience with it, huh. and it ended up costing me money. But that's because I just went out there gung ho and I didn't do anything about it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I. I think that's... Uh, I'm looking at my list, and I don't know you've got some really...
0: I got some stuff. Yeah, you got some deep stuff today, I reckon. Ooh, do, you, do you have an accountant?
1: Uh, my, my sister is an accountant. <laughs> so she... She's not very happy, though, because I'm really bad at keeping receipts and knowing where I'm spending my money and it's quite hard because at the moment investing a lot of money in overseas as we spoke about in outsourcing my work. Mm-hmm. So where it is all going. So uh-huh. come tax time, I have a nightmare. And I'm, I think you were pretty similar trying to find all your receipts and add it all up and things like that. So yeah, I'm currently in the wear. process of paying to get some accounting software so I can just keep track of everything.
0: What are you going to get? You're going to do zero? Zero is one.
1: Zero is probably the one that I'm going to go with. Yeah. Uh, my sister's, as I said, she hasn't been very impressed with me and my <laughs> lack of keeping records and things like that. So, yeah, I think I'll be going with zero.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because the cool thing with that is you can, you can plug your bank account straight, straight into, into it. Straight into it. And so, you, you just got to go through it. Yeah. Yeah, I just keep an Excel sheet at the moment. But that's so funny that your sister's an accountant. Yeah. My brother's an accountant. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I did the same thing. So, like, I know that's one piece of advice, but, like, <laughs> make sure you get an accountant. And actually, when I was in the U.S., I had an accountant because I, it, it, the tax laws were just different enough that I didn't understand what was going on. Yep. And so, yeah, I just didn't want to get anything wrong. So, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it does. It is one of those things that it pays to learn the basics, even <laughs> yeah. if just so you can talk to your accountant and be like, shouldn't this be like this or um, something like that? So, you probably want some sort of person in your life if you don't have an accountant though who does sure. understand tax yeah. and...
1: I'm sure you like know and everybody knows an accountant that would Yeah, one of our clients is probably an accountant. 100% that's what I mean. <laughs> Check their email addresses yeah. or what they do for a profession. Stalk them on Facebook. Yeah. It normally tells you what they do <laughs> and somebody will be more than happy to help you out on the side. But that that's a really good question.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Lucky we've got siblings that uh, like crunching numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Cool. Okay, so yeah, I did have some more stuff. So like always i like to get into talk about the other side you the get mindset. really deep and i like this because <laughs> this
1: is foreign to me and i've got no idea so i'm sitting
0: back and i'm ready to listen so you, so you yeah. know like we've talked about the tactical stuff which is like you know this is the actual how-to but we haven't talked a lot about well, i talked a little bit about fear before about fear of charging so you know as all trainers we probably have experienced that like a fear of how much we're charging and of asking someone to pay for our services. And so you can already see that that one part of money is like a huge like mindset side of things. Like we've got all these stories that, you know, yeah, which which is so much of it's generational because, you know, my grandparents grew up during World War 2. Everything was scarce. Like that was the reality. Like everything was scarce. So you like put all your little pennies <laughs> yeah, away. Correct. And even once they were older and they had a lot of, like, plenty of money, and they, they still live super frugally. And they can't spend it. And, and yeah, just like that recently, <laughs> like, all this money they had, and it's like, why didn't you spend this on, you know, like, looking after yourself? But then, yeah, and then our parents grew up in those households that, that where money was, where everything was really scarce. So they inherited that, that kind of thing. But then something interesting happened. When the abundance of that was, like... The ni- 80s, 90s, and early 2000s came in, especially here in Australia. Our parents were like, Oh, wow, I was really scarce and frugal, and I've done really well out of it. You know, I own three h- houses now, and I, you know, the baby boomers like, I own this, I have yeah, this, yeah. and I have all yeah. this money saved. And so then they're like, This is the way to do it. Like, you got to be. So then they've tried to teach us the same skills, which is, you know, to be scarce, to be frugal, to be. It doesn't serve us really, uh, because. Uh, while it's good to have the mindset of not being excessive with your money spending, what it also does is it, to one big okay, I'll t- talking about myself, one big thing for me is that I have noticed for me, as I've done some work around money the last 12 months, that I have a belief that to earn money involves struggle. So, money can't come easily to me. Okay. If it does, it's wrong. There's something wrong about it, or I'm, I haven't I'm not worthy of it or something like that. But if I'm working my ass off and earning money, you know, that, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> like So you, so, you so need to always weird... be
1: busting your gut.
0: Exactly. Okay. So like you're filling your day with busy work, filling your day with all this other stuff. And so, and that can come into all sorts of things. Because then if, you, if you're on a sales call, you know, or you, you're chatting to a client about signing up for your boot camp, if you have the belief that earning money is hard... You're going to have the belief that you're going to have to work hard to get this client to sign up, rather than having the belief of, of course they're going to sign up. Yeah. Like, Who why wouldn't? Why it's wouldn't the they? Yeah, yep. yeah. And that's going to change how you how you show up. If you're going to come across much needier, much more desperate, maybe too pushy. Yeah. You know, you're not going to show up in a way that's actually inviting for the other person. It's a good point. So that's one big thing. Like, what find out what money stories you're running. So, what beliefs do you currently have about money? that are going to influence the way that you earn money um, and the way you know it's, it's going to set limits on your money. So, it's some interesting data that I uh, got told me the other day was that most men never out-earn their fathers. Okay. Yeah. They'll hit that limit and they'll plateau. There. And if they do go over it, then the, the self-destructive sort of okay. things will start coming into their life that they'll do to, to bring themselves back down and it's why like you see it in sports uh, stars and movie stars like you know they'll do great and then they stop playing and two years later they're broke yeah and you're like this person was earning had a 17 million dollar five-year contract or something it's like where did all that money go and it's because it's because of these like beliefs we have like that's how powerful that's how important this mindset thing is like you could earn all the money in the world and if you don't have your head wrapped around this you're gonna end up right back where you don't want to be so have that, yeah, find out, I mean, we could do more on this and, but yeah, like that's the starting point, find out what stories you're doing and then be okay with them. So don't push them away. Cause that's what we start, we tend to do one little thing. There's a couple of little tactics with this that we can do. So one thing you can do to start changing, cause with these stories, they, they're ingrained in who we are. We're like, Oh man, I, I can't just change that. Just like yeah. change. So one thing you can start doing is, is changing your language around money so when you notice yourself maybe there's something that you want to do and you notice yourself saying i can't afford that okay like don't make money the reason why you can't do that you know you could change it you could say hey, i'm not i'm choosing not to do that right now
1: yeah you don't or need to refer like back that. to a negative thing about money
0: that's right yep. yeah or um yeah even in in charging too much it's like people aren't signing up to my boot camp it's too expensive. Like jumping again. Like notice that you're going to the expense. Like maybe something else is wrong. Maybe you don't run very good sessions. Yeah. Maybe you're, maybe you're like really shy. So yeah. that you so people are feeling like you don't like them or something like that. So maybe there's something else that's missing there. Yeah. you just you know don't refer back to money. money. Uh-huh. Yeah. and even in doing things. Um, so yeah, you, you'll find that by shifting the way that you talk about money, and talking about it in a more positive way, that. You'll find money holding you back less, like that being less of an obstacle for you, which I feel like's a really big thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And just by because you'll it changes the way. It, even saying like I can't afford this, what if you then ask yourself the question, how could I afford this? Yeah, that's good, good. Because that completely changes. Challenge it, yourself. Just saying I can't afford this, it's like you are stopping. You're just stopping the train of thought. There's no more yeah, there's no more possibility of this thing happening. Whereas by just switching that and saying, suddenly it opens like a whole bunch of other doors. It opens a whole bunch of other, gets your brain to think just about the whole thing in a different way. Like, you're Mm. like, oh, how could I afford this? And maybe you won't come up with an idea, but it shifts you from this sort of like closed down mindset to like this open mindset. Cool, I like it. Another really important thing, and this is something that comes up, you know, you, you always hear that thing, that's like you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. Uh, so if you hang out with it's really important as a business owner that you hang out with other business owners. Because most people most of the the working population, like people who just work jobs, and this is a total exaggeration, they have a you know, they have very much that like I exchange my time for money view of the world. So when they see you working your butt off on your boot camp when it's just starting and it's not earning any money, they're going to be like, why are you doing that? Like, you're exchanging all this time right now and you're getting no money from it. This is silly. This is stupid. Why don't you just get a job? Like, stop struggling. Stop, stop you know, like, I can see it's hard for you. Like, stop doing it. Um, and yeah, it's, and it's, it can bring you down and it can make you feel like, like you can't achieve what you're trying to achieve here
1: yeah I like that
0: but by surrounding yourself with other business owners it's other people who get it it's that they're the kind of people who are going to be like oh how did you do that or you know I, I'm experiencing that too like I'm having a hard time too or you know you've got people who suddenly you have empathy for you and surrounding yourself by business owners who are successful as well because then it becomes I think the reason why that surrounding yourself by five people it's all about what's normal to you if the five people you hang out with the most are millionaires, then it's normal to be a millionaire.
1: Yeah, that's just common ground. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's, it's going to feel more normal for you to earn a million dollars because, because it's, these are just the people you hang out with. And I'm not saying that necessarily you want to be a millionaire, but by hanging out with other business owners who are achieving success in a way that's... And actually, I've got a point on that, achieving success in a way that's successful to them that is really beneficial in helping you achieve success in your business.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good point, you know, and a lot of us uh, have friends that are similar, but if, you, if you're friends, you don't have anybody that's in a similar business owners or area, mm-hmm. it's very, I'd really recommend getting a mentor. I know you've got a business coach and you've got other people that you constantly catch up with, yep. right? And you make that part of your daily routine. I constantly keep in contact with Jared Robinson for episode nine. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh-huh. Um, he is doing similar things what I am on a bigger scale. So I constantly challenge him to give me new ideas or how I can improve things or things that, I, that my group of friends are not doing because mm-hmm. they're not in that field. So even if you don't hang around those people, approach somebody that does or is in that field or that he's really good at it, you might have to pay them a little bit to mentor you but that's investing in yourself again. So that's money well spent.
0: I have one more thing.
1: Go for it, mate. Finish <laughs> it off with the big punch. Bang.
0: So after all this talk about money, I feel like often we're fix- we get fixated on on a number. Like how many products do you see out there telling you how to get a six-figure business? Or now more common is a seven, how to get a seven-figure business mm. doing this thing. Because, you know, six figures is not what it once was. And... Um, I think it's really interesting how we're fixated on money. And, you know, we don't really like that. One of the reasons we've been talking about uh, this retreat conference that we want to run next year and how, like one of the words we'd use was like how to make a full-time income. Like that's where we use because what I want you to think about is if you want to make a million dollars or you want to make $100,000, one question I want, or you want to make $50,000, whatever it is, What does having that money mean to you? Like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to change when you have that money? And make, sit down and make some notes about what, what, how you think your life would be different. And then look through them again and pick out what would actually be different from what you're doing now. And you'll probably be surprised. Sorry, not what pick out what other things that you could do now that you don't actually need to wait for a million dollars. And you'd probably be surprised how many things you could do. that you think you need a $100,000 business or you think you need a million dollar business to do right now. And, um, and challenge yourself to start doing those things because you don't need to wait until you earn a certain dollar figure or you have a certain amount in your bank account to start living the life of success the way that you see it. Um, and you probably don't need to even earn as much money, which is going to give you... Like not needing to earn a million dollars is going to give you a lot more freedom over the choices and decisions you can make. Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. I really liked your points today, mate. Very good. I like the way you get really in depth and in deep. That's good. So, yeah, hopefully uh, you enjoyed the episode and you didn't turn it off straight away after my singing. (laughs) Thanks, Cole. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dale. Alrighty, guys, thanks for listening. If you uh, really like our episode, you can uh, leave feedback and check out our show notes.
0: Yeah, you can find the show notes to all our episodes at trainerstribe.com forward slash podcasts.
1: Uh, and if you're feeling generous or you'd really like to let us know how you're feeling, you can go to iTunes and leave a really nice review for Kyle and myself.
0: Yeah, or if you want to help us spread the word and get more trainers you know, putting some of this awesome stuff into action and helping to improve our industry, uh, just email this onto someone else or forward it or tell them about the show. We'd really appreciate it. It's really helpful.
1: I've been uh, Dale Sidebottom.
0: I've been Kyle Wood.